Hey, yo, what's going on, everyone? This is Lex James. And this is your boy, Mikey Bravo, and you're listening to The Wrestling High. And on this show, we'll keep you up to date on all things WWE and AEW, whether it's good, bad, or just completely shit. We're also going to be hitting you with all the rumors and hot topics all throughout the world of pro wrestling. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at the underscore wrestling underscore high. Do it. Hey yo, this is the tugboat Mikey Bravo. I'm here with Doesn't Even Lift Lex James. And we're coming to you with a variety of topics ranging from Vince retiring, which is huge in itself. Yeah. Brock re- leaving because of Vince retiring, but then coming back. And uh, good old Lex James here got a list of Vince's top 10 matches. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting to uh, compile up a, a list of. Nearly ten street fights, basically, because it's all he ever had. Street fights. That's, I mean, but it's the only match he can really. It's have. Probably the only thing he could ever work. Yeah, I mean, he's not gonna have an Iron Man match, right? But yeah, Vince McMahon. I think this is the day that none of us thought we'd ever see. He stepped down. It's it's. I, I'm kind of excited to see where it goes, but at the same time, I'm I'm kind of scared because, when you talk like. Some people have done interviews where they ask wrestlers who have worked for Vince and worked in WCW or ECW, some of the guys that work in AEW now, they ask, like, what does WWE have that, you know, WCW or... And they say WWE has Vince McMahon. Yeah. And Ric Flair has said that. I think The Undertaker has said that. There's been so many big names that have vouched for the fact that Vince McMahon knows how to run a wrestling company that I hope it doesn't take a turn for the worse with, you know, because Nick Khan's now co-CEO. Yeah, it's him. And I, we had talked about something just joking around a couple weeks ago, and I said, yo, imagine in 10 years if wrestling is just all cinematic wrestling matches, like fight uh, scenes, that I like, and I wanted to throw up in my mouth. And I feel like Nick Khan's the kind of guy that'll think that's a good idea and take the wrestling out of wrestling itself. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see what happens with Triple H, like, pretty much at the helm. Triple H has taken um, John Laurinaitis' old job. Yeah, so th- that's He's exciting. executive but... vice president of talent relations. I mean, I don't know. Stephanie McMahon, if anybody was going to do it, it was going to be her. Um, if Shane McMahon, if his booking of the Royal Rumble this past year was any indication of what WWE could look like, and that's him going over on people like Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle and going toe to toe. I don't think Shane is going to be involved in any way. Like, I, I, I don't even. I hope Stephanie just runs it with like the same iron fist that a pops did. Because if you don't have that one person that's keeping everybody in check, then everybody's going to run a mark in their own way. I feel like there's going to be a lot of Vince guys that have stuck around for a while. Like, look, one of the biggest complaints in WCW was that everybody was just allowed to do what they wanted, and it's like. If you think you should be world champion, but I think I should be world champion, and we can't come to an agreement where it's good for the crowd and makes money and maybe we could flip-flop the belt back and forth for the next six months and make money, company's not going to be successful. Yeah. So I hope there's still, like, Stephanie's still going to have that, like, iron fist. Like, no, you're not going to do what you want. I'll listen to your ideas. Maybe even a little more than my father. But I'm in charge at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I'm just... What's the first big change that we're going to see is what I'm waiting for. Well, I'm waiting to see the big TV 14 thing. Well, so far right now, SummerSlam is rated TV 14 if you go on Peacock. Triple so H in charge of talent one. relations. We just I just showed you something on Instagram where he said he wouldn't hesitate to sign top talent from other places like AEW and shit. So. And this also brings the question, maybe they get Sasha Banks back. Think about this. There's guys that left because... Vince's ideas for them were different than Triple H's. Example, Adam Cole. What if this drives Adam Cole to somehow fulfill his contract with AEW and now that Triple H is running shit on the main roster, come back and maybe get a little bit of that coolness back that he had in NXT? Yeah, you never know, man. Triple H, like, that's why I like a, someone like Sasha Banks comes to mind because that's a Triple H girl. Like, yeah. That's, I mean, it makes you wonder, much... like, Samoa Joe, may, maybe... Yeah, I mean, at some point, Triple H was the reason he was brought back after being released the first time. Um, 
So Triple H being in there, getting a little more power. That, that's what excites man. me is Triple H actually being back and doing that job again because he's the reason we got guys like Nakamura and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and yeah. you know Most the whole shield. Room looks like, up to him. He, he was the one that said, like, I'm not going to sleep on this indie section because these guys can wrestle. Yeah. I'm not just going to look for bodybuilders and shit. Because not every guy my size can do what I did. Right. Some of these guys are good. And he started bringing these dudes up and look. I, so, uh, I'm curious to see when names like Bruce Pritchard and uh, Kevin Dunn head start to roll there because those are two Vince McMahon guys. I, I, I had read something sure, that Kevin Dunn was expected to like step away. Yeah, I don't think Triple H and Stephanie were big fans of him to, from, the, from the start. That's always been a Vince guy. Bruce Pritchard, you, we all yeah, know. Yeah, Pritchard is Vince's right hand, man. And I'm, so. pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure I heard something about, you know, um, he used to butt heads a lot with Stephanie. What, what, what so. if Stephanie gets rid of Bruce Pritchard and says, Sean, come be... Maybe Paul Heyman gets one of them. <laughs> that maybe, would be nice. Maybe. You know, Sean's doing his thing in NXT. Let him do that. I, would, I honestly would like to see Bischoff come back and be able to write some shit. Some of it, Bischoff had some Monday Night Raw really interesting for a very long time. What the hell is this going to look like without Vince McMahon? I guess, is SummerSlam going to be like the first real look? What happens to Theory now? Does he still get the push that he gets because Vince McMahon is... He retired, but he's still the lead like shareholder in the company. Oh, shit, the hell with Theory. What almost happened to Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Brock Lesnar got... You know, the news that everybody else got that floored everybody, the entire wrestling world. And Brock, he got so pissed well, no, off. On. Because I saw some shit that said that, like, it, it never happened. But I, did he really say, like, I'm, if Vince is gone, I'm gone too, and then come back? That's allegedly what happened. And a lot of people are saying, for anyone that think this is a work, it's not. And they're nah, saying Brock, that is, Brock is as real as it gets. That's what I'm saying. He threw a title at Vince McMahon. Yeah, That's how close him and Vince are to do that. And Vince called him a fucking asshole. Like, for Vince McMahon to call this guy an asshole, he knows. He's I mean, not going to put his hands on me because he respects me like that. He's worked for him a lot longer than Dana White. So, what you, like, a lot of wrestlers, not even just Brock, the one thing they all say in common about Vince is, like, yo, he's not only my boss. He was, like, a father, a father figure. figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Vince that, McMahon that's all. Made, that's all you need to hear right there. Vince McMahon and Brock Lesnar have made each other millions, honestly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's every reason for them to have to Vince has his guys, and you got to think, like, okay, Sean, Triple H, Undertaker, definitely. Yeah. Rock, still, even though he's in Hollywood. Stone Cold, Brock Lesnar. Cena. Cena. Like, Hogan at one point until he uh, fucked up. Yeah. But Vince has certain people that he's always taken care of. Oh, yeah. And now he gave... Fucking Bret Hart a big contract, so you gotta yeah, think yeah. he's taking care of Bret too. He knows who his guys were, and they'll all say the same. Even Bret Hart would say it, like yo, he was like a father figure, even with what we've been through. That's why I punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, man, Bret, uh, Bret Hart, Brock Lesnar, apparently leaves SmackDown, uh, getting you know the same news that we all got. Like Mike said, if he's gone, I'm going. That's what he allegedly said, and. Like I said, everybody was saying how, you know, fans trying to call to work because Brock Lesnar did eventually come back at the very end of SmackDown to F5 Austin Theory. And even Pat McAfee and Michael Cole mentioned, like, when Brock Lesnar's music hits, like, wait, I thought he left. I thought he wasn't supposed to be here. They didn't mention anything. Good. I like the realness. Fuck yeah, it. Mention they it. They didn't mention anything about, you know, because I, I believe it was Paige tweeted something um, saying that like Michael Cole should get on there and say Brock Lesnar's unprofessional for not showing up. And I get her point. But Brock Lesnar did come back. I hate when they compare this because Sasha Banks is great in her own right, but you can't compare Brock fucking Lesnar Brock's walking out for 20 years. to Sasha Banks who was upset because of she was a tag champ. And honestly, I thought it was kind of corny that Brock did that. Just because it's like, damn, bro, like SummerSlam is a week away. Yeah, that, that. And, and then the rumor that came out was Goldberg oh, as man. a replacement. I would have took a shit during that match. I, I wouldn't have cared and about SummerSlam. And the thing Summer is, Slam. I can't even, you can't even get mad at WWE for that. No. What do you want them to do? <laughs> I'm uh, not a fan of Goldberg, but it's like, yo, Brock, if he's walking out. A week before, just because Vince is bouncing, I almost even asked the question, damn, couldn't Vince wait till after SummerSlam? But 
either, either way. I'm thinking just... maybe he walked out and then Vince himself was like, yo, Brock, like, come on, bro. Like, I don't know. I mean, cooler heads must have been Because at the end of the show, Brock tips his hat to the hard cam. I think. Yeah. Like, I feel like that was like a, a tip to Vince. So you you got to wonder, maybe he did leave and Vince hit him up like, yo, bro, just go yeah, do the who show. Knows, like, who knows what it was? Cooler heads prevailed. I don't know who or fucking what. It sucks because, like... But, yeah, for, like, a good couple hours, the rumor was, yeah, it's going to be Goldberg yeah. and Roman now. I'm like, you got to nah. be shit me. And you know what? To, like I said, everybody was going to get ready to shit on WWE for that. I'm like, that's not their fault. I'm like, if Brock really did that, that's kind of, that's shitty on his part. Like, damn, it's a week away from the main event. You can't just bounce after. You know, like, I don't know. Either way, he came back and, you know, it made for a, a hell of a moment on SmackDown because there was, you know, that, holy shit, I don't think fans realized it. Definitely, if you were watching SmackDown, you didn't know Brock was coming back at the end. And Michael Cole and Pat McAfee seemed like they didn't. I think he, from what they're saying, he came back mid-show. So maybe they, you know, He just, came back just to kick theories ass. Yeah. He, I guess he came back and they're like, all right, you know what? Now that we got him in the, you know, throw him in the end, whatever. Make for a good moment. Maybe Pat McAfee and Michael Cole were given, uh, you know, the heads up right before. I don't know. But made for a hell of a moment. But it was just so much shit going on. It's like Vince McMahon just retired, and now Brock Lesnar is just saying, all right, I'm out. Fuck your main event. Yeah, thank God he came back. Yeah. It was almost like a sigh of relief when you heard his music hit, man. Like, just seemed like, all right, so that means the main event at SummerSlam is still on. Like, thank God. We don't have to sit through another Goldberg-Roman match. He but kicked yeah. the shit out of theory too quick. Yeah, man. Vince McMahon retiring. It just... Even though, you know, like, we all know why it's happening now. It's the allegations, okay? Like I, like I said before, I, I never thought I'd see the day. If you ask me, he was going to die as the owner. He was never going to let that go. These allegations came up, what, like a month ago or something like that? And then more allegations came out after that, and it was said he, you know, paid more hush money. It's a lot altogether. to handle and run a company at the same time. You can, at his age, too, like... Stepping down was the right idea. And it, the thing is, too, like, it might it might get worse. If he has to step down right now, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect as far it as It kind of sucks to see, as as shit, like, goes. stupid fans talking mad shit, like, negative stuff. Because it, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just smarter than everybody else. But I understand that I wouldn't even know what wrestling is if it wasn't for Vince McMahon. He took something that was a goofy sideshow in territories in the country and made it a global thing. He brought it around the world. You get Ring of Honor, you get AEW, you get Impact you get all because this. of his blueprint. Yeah. But, whoa, Vince retired. Yes, this is a win for the wrestling world. Whatever, man. Go eat a fucking pudding it's, and shut up. It, it, I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's also the end of an era. You can't just treat it like, all right, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. Yo, it could be very positive. And something definitely needs to change in WWE. But at the same time, like, it, it can't be lost on everybody, like, his impact. Can't be lost. You know, like, yeah, he did pretty much buy everybody out or force them. <laughs> they forced him to, you know, get bought out or just get run out of business altogether. For better or worse, yeah, he did shut down the territories. But at the same time, like, he also brought us WrestleMania. Yeah. And there's, what, there's been 37 since the first one. So, and it's going to be in SoFi Stadium next year. WrestleMania is basically a Super Bowl. It's as big as a Super Bowl. You know, it, you got big cities bidding for that shit now. Vince McMahon created that. Not by himself, obviously, but he doesn't do that without Hulk Hogan. <laughs> That's for damn sure. No. You know how I feel about Hogan. We don't get here without them, too. So, you know, it, before people start shitting on him, because, hey, I, I've had plenty of things to say about him and, you know, some of the shit that we've had to sit through the last few years, and it's been terrible. A lot of it has, but he, he's made more good TV than he's made bad. That I will say. Yeah, I wish a lot of people would realize that. I, I'm definitely excited just because, like, you know... Now we we might get to see what WWE I mean, with, can with Stephanie look like. as a CEO, co-CEO, you got to believe she's going to give Triple H a lot of creative control over what happens. I would love to see that. Because, I mean, if 
the if early, they're going TV 14, Triple H is the right guy. It's to... the early NXT days or any indication of what we could see. But who knows, man? I'm not going to, like I said before with the TV 14 rating, I'm going to, you know, say the same thing here. I'm tempering my expectations. I don't expect shit to be like change overnight and it's a completely different product and it's so much better. I just wonder what the hell he's going to do. What does Vince McMahon do now that he doesn't have to do day-to-day operations in WWE? Like, is he going to get some sleep? Maybe. He probably just works out all fucking day. Eat steak. For a 77-year-old old man, when he fucking took his shirt off at Mania, I was like, yo, this dude is still in shape. Yeah, because he does nothing but work out and work. So, obviously, we love lists on this show. It's like a fucking list every other episode at this, this point, but... Vince McMahon, you know, he has Alex some entertaining James lists. Vince McMahon has some entertaining matches. All right, they're not five star classics. Number ten, it's actually not much of a match at all. It's, it's fucking terrible ass kicking that Vince McMahon takes from the Undertaker in a buried alive match. Vince McMahon bleeds from the first punch that Undertaker lands on him, and he like he has like a really uncomfortable amount of. Was blood. that the one that Kane came out and helped him win? Yeah. Vince McMahon actually wins this dead match. Man back? Yep. It's the end of the American badass. And Vince McMahon actually wins this. It's probably the worst ass whooping he ever took because I don't think he got one shot in. The Undertaker just beat the piss out of him. Threw him around the announce table. There was like blood everywhere. It was like Vince was like bleeding a lot. It was like a little too much. And yeah, he had Kane come out and uh, bury him alive. Vince McMahon actually won this match. And this is what led to Undertaker coming back as a dead man, like you said, at uh, WrestleMania 20. Number nine, do you remember when CM Punk fought Vince McMahon on Monday Night Raw when Punk was in the middle of his 434-day title reign? Yeah, Ryback came to help, right? Vince McMahon and CM Punk, I, like, honestly, I don't know if the match even, like, got officially underway. They just beat the shit out of each other, kendo sticks. Yeah, and then Ryback came to help Vince. Yeah. Yeah. And CM Punk, that was the one episode where CM Punk actually, like, shoved the fan, like, he mushed him in the face in the crowd while Vince was cutting a promo on him. Wow. And Punk got away with that. But yeah, it's one of the street fights that CM Punk and Vince, uh, that Vince no, McMahon I had. I forgot no that contest. Punk got to work with the owner of the company. Yeah. Which Vince only works and with ain't, ain't, And ain't it some shit that it's Ryback of all fucking people that helps Vince McMahon. Went to a draw, no contest, honestly. CM Punk just wound up leaving through the crowd. And yeah, Ryback and John Cena actually helped Vince McMahon in this match. Number eight, do you remember when Ric Flair had his career on the line against Vince McMahon in a street fight on Raw? This is right before his match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. In fact, Shawn yeah. Michaels actually keeps Vince McMahon from winning this match. So Vince was kicking uh, Ric Flair's ass, busted him open. I think he hit him with like a fucking TV monitor and it was pelting him with a kendo stick. He has the match won and Shawn Michaels actually yanked him by the foot off of Ric Flair. And Flair wins this match by putting Vince McMahon through a table with a crossbody. He actually lands the This is the one time he lands it, right? Yeah. And it was to save his career against Vince McMahon. Well, didn't he land it against Sean, too? In the, the like, like a week or two later, yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah, because Ric Flair had a series of career-threatening matches up until the Sean one, didn't Yeah, he? it was like he just, his next loss was going to be his yeah, last match. and then Sean was the one to put him down. I think it was better than the one they had at the Royal Rumble back when Flair came out. Um, when, yeah, when Flair was, he came back. Flair's a really, even, even with the shit that... Him and Vince, like, have going on recently, I guess. Where Vince took him out of the... He put him back in. Yeah. He's, he tweeted, like, you know, you're the only promoter I work for that ever treated me like a man or something. Where, like, I remember Vin, uh, Ric Flair talking about WCW wanted to change his whole character and, and put him in, like, hair. a mask and shit or something like that. Oh, my God. And Vince was like, nah, come up here. And he gave him a spot and gave him the title twice. Yeah, come up here and job to Hogan. <laughs> well, he never did it on a TV. No. <laughs> so, so I got number seven. Do you even remember Vince McMahon was in a Hell in a Cell match? Who did he fight? Him the, and Shane and DX. Him right? and Shane and Big Show versus a handicap DX. Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, and that was when they shoved his face in the Big Show's ass. His bare ass. Yeah, yuck. His bloody face. But you know what? It shows you how like how far this guy was willing to go for his company. And then right after that, Triple H broke a sledgehammer over his back. Yeah. He gave you some entertaining shit. Let's see. Look at this. A match that Vince McMahon actually won. And what do you know? It's for the WWF title against Triple H on SmackDown in 1999. That's right. He did hold it. Yep. 
after he took an ass kicking from Triple H and I'm pretty sure it was another street fight because he was bleeding in this. And this is when Triple H in China, he wasn't even like married to Seth yet. Stone Cold is the one that cost Triple H the title hitting him with a stunner because this is when him and Austin were feuding. And Vince McMahon puts, or not Vince McMahon, Stone Cold puts Vince McMahon on Triple H. And uh, of course Shane McMahon is the referee for this match because why wouldn't he be, right? And Vince McMahon wins the fucking title. He was like one of nine guys to win the WWF title in 99. <laughs> Damn. Along with Rock, Austin, Triple H, Big Show, Undertaker, Foley. Yeah, everyone. I think Kane won it too, right? No, Kane, Kane won, won it, it the year before. He yeah, for a They couldn't even squeeze him in again. Number five, another match with Triple H. I think, what is this? Three matches straight with Triple H. Is this the one? This is Armageddon, No Holds Barred. It's when it, Stephanie turns when on she said, yeah, like When she like, shows that she's cool with being with Triple H. This was a very underrated moment that I feel doesn't get talked about enough because this is Stephanie's first like real big heel turn. This is the first time she becomes like the character she would grow into. And, and she, she comes she into her own. Killed. Like, she starts to kill this character at, at this point. Because before that, she was a complete babyface daughter, like daddy's little girl, innocent Getting and all that. Getting kidnapped by the Undertaker and shit. Right. Tess was about to marry her and Shane was fighting for her honor and everything like that. Like, she went from that girl next door type to, like, the biggest bitch in the company. And it was She won the natural. title without even fighting. Yeah. It was natural. Like, was. honestly, Stephanie even in her early days, does not get enough credit for her heel work. Back in the McMahon-Helmsley era, the early 2000s, she, she was and great. And I think she's still a great heel. With the oh, she's awesome. When the authority was like taken up. See, I want to see more shit like that. I, I, Character-wise, she's the next one. But, uh, she's the next best one next to, next to her father. Yeah. I'll take her over her over Shane any day. And, and anyone over Linda McMahon. Sorry. <laughs> Linda McMahon doesn't No, Linda TV. McMahon She's is, not a character Stay in politics Yeah, she well, Stay away from wrestling yeah, She can stay away from that too um, What do I have? Number five Number five was Triple H and Vince McMahon Number four Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon Another street fight WrestleMania 17 Mick Foley special referee That was actually good It's a great match I remember watching this and I mean, it's only on the greatest WrestleMania of all time Linda too. McMahon was like A fucking vegetable or whatever <laughs> And Vince was like nah, she was selling. Vince was like fucking around with Trish Stratus. These storylines were so raunchy, but it, they were good. Ridiculous. And Stephanie and Shane somehow got there. I remember one part of the match where Linda McMahon was in the ring and Vince was gonna like finish her off with a sledgehammer. I think. No, he was gonna finish Shane off. Yeah, and with a and trash can. He was gonna make her watch. He set her up in the corner. When she stood up, just her standing up, that crowd went fucking oh, nuts. Oh, they popped huge. It, it was just a story. It's like, oh shit, she's not. Linda like, McMahon got one of the biggest pops that night. At and WrestleMania then, then Vince's reaction when he turned around, like, like what? Oh yeah, and it was one of the weakest dick shots you'll ever see because like Linda barely gets her foot yeah. up, but it's hilarious. And Vince McMahon eats the first ever coast to coast from Shane, which was a thing of beauty. And it was the first time... Well, Van Damme was the Van Terminator in ECW. It was the first time WWF had seen it. Because Van Damme didn't get to WWF until about a few months later. And Shane McMahon gets a huge win. It is... It, again, this is like the best WrestleMania of all time. And Vince and Shane have a fucking standout match on the best I, I liked it. It was good. Hell of a WrestleMania match. Number three, the classic Steel Cage match. And this is the last time I believe we saw the bars... Is that the Valentine's Day massacre? This is when he took one of the ugliest spills off, off the, the cage. Table. And he's, he oh, landed, yeah. like, on the side of the table. And, and he, like, his he had, like, whiplash. Oh, yeah, because he his head smacked the, um, uh, the monitor. The back of his head smacked the you monitor. Remember when uh, Vince got thrown over the top by China and, like, whack Oof. on the bottom rope? Yes, I do. He got his neck caught in the bottom <sighs> rope. And that was earlier that year. But, yeah, this was probably the first big, like, Vince McMahon spot where he looked like... He just got killed. And we would see, a, you know, a few more of these throughout the years, but this was the first one, and it's probably the most, it's probably the best one. Because I remember watching this, and people were legit I worried. Because Vince was, look, Vince was in great shape at this point. He was, what, early 50s? I remember watching this. But still, man. About it. Like, the, the, this was the black cage with the bars. Yeah, but I think this is the last one we saw yeah, with the I bars. Yeah, I think so, too. They, they transitioned to the chain link fence because Later this on that was year. Stone Cold versus Vince for the main event at WrestleMania. Yeah, if Austin lost, he relinquished Because Vince won the Rumble that year. Mm -hmm. So again, another thing Vince did, he won the fucking Royal Rumble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And this is when the big show came out of 
I'm just from. I was scared. I was debut. like, "Fuck, this guy came over here." Like Big Show's debut, which at the time, yo, everybody says what they want about the Big Show, but the Giant coming to WWF that was huge. Uh, very meaningful debut. He tosses Stone Cold helps into him the win. cage and actually helps him win. When Stone Cold even promised that Vince McMahon would bleed, we saw Vince bleed. I believe for the first time. The reason why Vince started doing all of that stuff was because. And I don't know if many people know this. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. When Vince Sr. was running the company, Vince Jr. wanted to be a wrestler. He wanted, to be a wrestler. He wanted to work in the ring, and he Vince said him. no. So after he took over, he started doing what he wanted to do, and that's why you see him doing street oh, fights yeah. and shit. And he always wanted to do this. I think Vince McMahon is underrated as a commentator. <laughs> I love his commentary. But like even as a, yo, even as a performer... You know, like, one thing you got to give Vince, man, like, he's willing to do. Like, he's not going to ask you to do anything he wouldn't do. Exactly. I remember that video where Gronkowski, of all people, was afraid to jump off a balcony. During the pandemic, a, Vince McMahon. Onto a thick mat. Vince McMahon did that shit and put his hands up in the air. I was See? like, yo, this dude's in his 70s. Yeah, and Gronk is, like, afraid to do it. Very scary bump from Stone what Cold. What do you call him in the attitude? Grapefruits. Grapefruits. You know, they were on display here. And he finished the match. Well, Stone Cold kind of forced him to, but highly entertaining match. It, it was basically the match that we were all waiting for with Stone Cold and McMahon. Yeah, because you always wanted to see Stone Cold. They never kick. really had a one-on-one match, an official match. They fought at the Rumble. They were number one and two. Is that is that your number one on, on no, this list? No, that's number three. No, I have no number one is that is your number one? That, we'll like, get hit to him it. And... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. There's only two others. One but... of them has to be that first match that him and Austin had on Raw. That wasn't a match. It never, it never started. I didn't, I didn't put that on there. Oh. Well, it, it was about to be, but it, that's when Dude Love came down and yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it never really happened. See, that's so. That was going to be the first I one, just... but like this Austin and McMahon one really is the first and that's only. Right. That, that's why getting his hands on him was so satisfying. Yeah, it's like the first and only because the Rumble is a Rumble. There's 28 other fucking guys in that match. Then they had that ladder match for who was the CEO. That's Shane right. A couple. Was in, yeah, Shane was in I there. forgot about that. That was a couple months later. That match is all right. I don't think I needed to see Vince McMahon in the ladder match. Number two, Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon, Street Fight at WrestleMania 22. You, this, you had to know this was going to be on there. Yeah, that was a good one. Shawn Michaels beat the piss out of Vince McMahon. The chair shot Vince took from Shawn Michaels, unprotected. It sounded like a goddamn bomb went off in the building. And this, this was in an arena. This was right before, this was the last WrestleMania they did in the arena. It was in Chicago, I believe, Allstate Arena. And Shawn Michaels cracks Vince with a chair shot that could wake the dead. The, the elbow drop from that... That tall, tall ladder. Ginormous ladder. Vince McMahon is inside a trash can on top of a table. Just waiting for that shit to crumble on him. And, like, has no idea when Shawn Michaels is going to jump. And then the super kick he takes. My God. Shawn holds him up and tells him, like, I'm going to kick your teeth he, down he your throat. He rearranges his jaw. Vince McMahon takes an ass whooping in this match. But it's a great story told because Vince McMahon was antagonizing Michaels for months, dicking him out of championship opportunities and putting his job on the line, you know, basically threatening to screw him like he did Bret Hart. Cause Bret I, was going I, I in really miss great year. storytelling like that. And it, yeah, Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon. I mean, Shawn Michaels, of course, is going to have Vince McMahon, one of Vince McMahon's best matches. But he doesn't have his number one match. Hollywood Hogan, Street Fight at WrestleMania 19. Not to be outdone ever, brother. Honestly, it's one of Hogan's best matches. And you know why I like this match? Because I feel like this is the only Vince McMahon match where he was actually treated as an equal. He had an actual shot to win this match. It made sense. Him and Hogan were closer in age. Yeah, because Hogan was older. Right. So it wasn't like Vince McMahon's just going to get his ass kicked and he might pull off a victory just, because just he's Just the story, bro. You mentioned it earlier. He couldn't have been made WrestleMania without Hogan. The build-up to this match, I was almost led to believe this was going to be the main event. I was like, is Vince McMahon really going to main event his own fucking creation? Like, that would be a little much. Especially with Hogan, who definitely doesn't need another WrestleMania main event. But they were billing this. Like, all right, you had Brock and, and Angle that year. You had Austin and Rock Part 3. You had Triple H and Booker T. You had Michael and, and Jericho. Jer that was a fucking great WrestleMania. And Vince and Hogan was... Probably the third biggest match next to Rock and Austin and Brock and Angle, the title match. It was bigger than the world title, which was Brock, uh, Triple H and Booker. Shawn and Jericho was clearly the better technical match. No, no one's going to argue that. But 
Hogan and Vince McMahon, they lived up to the fucking hype. Both of them got chair shots in each other. Both I, of them I bled. think that's why the, it was billed that way, because it, it's the owner of the company and yeah. his first big megastar. The video package to this is one of my absolute As favorites. As they always are. Mean Gene narrates it, because they have him, and it's like, who better? They had just gotten WCW a couple years ago, so now they have access to Mean Gene again. It was like, oh, you couldn't have done this better. Yeah. You almost can't even tell the story without Mean Gene in the background. You know, so it like, it, the whole build up to this match Vince McMahon cost him his rematch with The Rock the month before with the fucking dirty ref and no way out so like he was just fucking with Hogan the whole time because he wanted Vince him out McMahon of his company used to fuck with and Hogan's career was on the line in this match Vince McMahon pulls out a damn ladder here I am talking about I don't want to see Vince in a ladder match he pulls off as beautiful as a leg drop as Vince McMahon can off of a ladder onto an announce table on Hogan Oh, who was it that hit a, that that eats a chair shot? We, we might have to do this watch along on this because it's been a while since I've seen this match. Dude, the Spanish announcer um, Hugo Savinovich eats a chair shot from Hogan and gets split open. Like eats a chair shot, another unprotected chair shot. Hogan protects his chair shots. Hugo and Vince didn't. <laughs> like this match was so much fun. Roddy Piper fucking comes in in this match. If that wasn't enough, he makes a surprise fucking return. And the crowd it's lost all the their guys mind. From back then. It was just a thing of beauty. Like I, I honestly love this match. Vince McMahon and Hulk Lex Hogan. Lex James loving a fucking Hogan match. Imagine that. But this was such a fucking great match. The way it was layered, you know. And Piper obviously turned on Hogan, even though he teased beating Vince McMahon with the pipe. The, the one image of Vince McMahon coming up with his bloody face from the ring apron. Yeah, the apron. I, like I saw that clip somewhere movie, the like, other day. I was like, yo. Vince is the best heel of all yeah, time. Yeah, like he comes up just from the apron and all it you see like is it that was something, smile. It looks like it was something drawn out of a comic, dude. And it was just like, wow. Then, I, that shot, that cameraman deserves a raise for that. Yeah, because it goes from zoomed in you on caught, Vince's face to panning out and you dude, see Hogan he, laying there. You caught a moment in time. It just captures Vince McMahon perfectly, that moment. It's him coming up with the fucking bloody face, with a smile on his face, looking at Hogan, and then just, you know, it pans out, and you see Hogan bloody, and it's like, oh, shit, Vince McMahon's getting ready to kill him. You know, when I Hogan... I created you, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what he said in the fucking build-up. I yeah, I remember. Mania, I'm gonna kill it. And you know what? Not for nothing, Hogan wasn't big in AWA like he was in WWF. Vince saw him in that Rocky movie and said, okay, yeah, this guy, give me him. You, you're Hulk Hogan, you're huge, you're one of the biggest guys here. You got five moves, that's all you need for these people, and they're going to love you. And they did. Worked for a long time. It really did. Hulkamania. About was... ten years. Just about. Vince is as responsible for Hulkamania as Hogan is for WrestleMania. Absolutely. Can't have one without They the go other. hand I mean, in hand. Vince, no, Vince. Hogan main evented, what, nine of the first ten? Yeah, brother. He still has more main events than anybody. I think Roman and Triple H are like... Hogan was the first him. wrestling megastar, bro. Yeah. Like, and Vince created that. Honestly, this could have main evented WrestleMania. I can't believe I'm even saying that. Maybe not this one, but other WrestleManias that yeah, weren't nearly definitely. as good. I could have seen this main event in WrestleMania 20 in Madison Square Garden. Oh. That would have been the only thing you could have added to the top of that. Where it they, all began again? Exactly. That's yeah, their no building. Shit. That that would have been a perfect main event for that one. Yeah. Not that that, that triple threat match was oh, no. any less great, but right. imagine Hogan and Vince At the in garden. the garden. That's, yeah, that's a story right there. But, yeah, that's our top ten list. When we get back, we are going to talk about the barbed wired everywhere match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. And, uh, boy, was it a sight to behold. I... I don't know. If it's, I think you're going to do most way. of the talking about that. I'm just going to laugh. I kind of wanted you to do a lot of talking on this. Just because, of the, really just because of the finish that we saw. And that When we get to that, oof. yeah. But but the rest of the match is just like, ah, holy fucking we'll God. We'll get into it, though. Well, yeah, we'll be right back. Time for a piss break. We'll be right back. To back up into the ring in just a moment or two for more exciting fucking action. What a maneuver! Alright, we're back to talk about this fucking fuckery that is the 
barbed wire everywhere, man. They even had it on the fucking microphone. They had it on the ring bell. Justin Roberts is holding the microphone that's wrapped in barbed wire. they didn't have it on a whole section of the ropes, which is... I, I wish they wouldn't use barbed wire at all, but... If you're going to tell me there's barbed wire everywhere, how are you going to have it around the microphone but not the whole section of ropes? I, and I feel like that was just for the hard camera so you could see the match better. I, I, I'm assuming that's the thought behind it. Otherwise, yeah, I do understand and, and, your and question. You see, you see like, what why? I mean now? After giving us that pretty good blood and guts match, they couldn't capitalize on that. They had to... Oh, should have just ended there. Yeah, they, they had to shit the bed. Like, this match gets a 2 out of 10 from me. It, just, it gets that, too, just because of the comedic relief. I mean, it starts off, Eddie Kingston grabs the micro, uh, the barbed-wired microphone that Justin Roberts has in his hand that he's announcing with, and he, he just who, cuts... Who looks like a total jackass with it in his with, hand. Yeah, like, you're holding a microphone with barbed wire wrapped around it. Why? Even he looks like, what the fuck am I doing? Eddie Kingston grabs it right out of his hand as he's announcing Eddie Kingston to the ring, and he just starts pelting Jericho in the head. Those shots were horrible, though. And the shots were like Maki Ito bad, okay? If you remember that, I, I, remember I think I play fight wrestle with my son gave him better working punches. Well, and he put him open. Maybe he, maybe he did get a, you know, scratched by one of the barbs. I don't know. But Jericho was bleeding from the start, and for Part some way, reason... Can I stop you for one second? Please, please do. Jericho's fucking entrance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why did he just pop up like he that? He pops from the up smoke? with that stupid dollar store mask on and his little it looks fucking like one of Oscar's masks. super shredded shoulder pads on. And it's like, what are you doing? The pain maker. Yeah, he's like, he, it's like he came from a thrift store. You made you just so much the pain maker, you went through most of the pain in this match. <laughs> the pain maker, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> you fucking ass hat. Yeah, oh, man. Jericho's, yo, you said it. Jericho's lucky that he had. The career he had, because if he didn't, this would completely ruin him. Yeah, I, honestly, Jericho's like his whole body of work, his entire career. It's it's every bit as great as everyone says it is. You know, he's you know it's a who's who of who he's been up against, and who he's beaten, had great matches with, worked great programs with, won multiple titles. But man, this AEW run is not doing him anything at all. Any, and it's like I said, it's you know. Thankfully, his body of work spans over like 30 years. And yeah. this is just like literally the tail end of it. And it's bad. It and sucks hopefully it's, it's so bad. And hopefully it's not going to last that long. I mean, you you got to think realistically it can't, right? I hope not. Um, him being like 51 years old. And granted, he got in much better shape than he's been in AEW. He ain't going to be lasting much longer if he's going to be doing this shit. No. And it's just dumb because he's putting his fucking body through barbed wire. Uh, like I, the, the the idea of barbed wire and wrestling has always been like ah, well, like that's dangerous. Barbed wire can really slice your shit open fast. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's not for me. And it, depending on how you use dumb it, enough to use real barbed wire. And, and, and the thing is too, it's depending on how you use it too. Like it's not the first time we've seen this year. Probably not in the last six weeks. It's, it's again AEW just goes to the well Bob all the time attacks. with everything. Bob by attacks tables. Yeah. It's it's fucking it's it's so stupid. It does on top of it being dangerous and unnecessary as frequent as you do it. It never means anything because you do it so frequently. so much. You're killing the get. You're killing the idea of a gimmick match to blow off a feud. Yeah, like half your roster. Like AEW kills the art of wrestling in so many ways, and their fans don't even know it. And they're just like, yeah, it's blood. It's like okay. We, I'm because we're sitting here talking about being hyped for TV 14 and blood. And yeah, WWE. but I don't want to see any of this shit on but there. WWE is still not going to do this type of stuff. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to see that. I'm over that. I'm not a kid anymore. Yeah, they, <laughs> it, I, I don't need blood to think it's real. Yeah, I'm not a teenager. I, don't I just need guys who know how to work. Yeah. And, and for some reason, Ruby Soho is watching this match at ringside. Roof. And I guess she was literally there... Just so Ty Conti can come down and start beating her up and giving some of the, probably the world's worst working punches. Good Lord. Ty Conti is just a good-looking girl. That's all she is. It ends there. Yeah. I know they say she has an MMA background, but whatever. She's just a nice set of legs and a very pretty yeah, face. She knows how to throw a real punch because yeah. fake punches suck. Yeah. Like, my God. And then what's her name? That brings out Anna Jay. Yeah, she showed and her how Anna to throw Jay a real punch. Showed her how to throw a real punch. She decks Ruby Soho. Apparently, this is a heel turn because like everybody just shits on Ruby Soho when you need to turn heel. 
I, I almost feel bad for Ruby because, like, she comes to AEW and she's not really booked any better than she was in WWE. Let's be honest here. Like, everybody beats her. Every big match she has, she loses. And then she's, you know, she's getting turned on left and right. She's getting her hand smashed on a fucking car door <laughs> because of Chris Jericho. And you know, apparently her hand is like 100% healed from that because that was only a couple weeks ago and there wasn't even a fucking scratch in her arm, let alone a cast. It's just, <laughs> it's just ridiculous, all this shit. Meanwhile, we didn't even mention in the beginning of this, the Jericho Appreciation Society, minus Sammy Guevara, they're hanging from a shark tank. Which, when they get lowered, they just walk through the bars. They get lowered because of Anna Jay. And, yeah, I think it was um, Angelo Parker's, the one that just like, slides really? right through the fucking bars. You couldn't do that and just hang from the cage and drop down to go help you, boy? You had to wait oh. to be lowered? They weren't that high in And the my air. theory was this on that. And you're not wrong, but I only trust Daniel Garcia and maybe Angelo Parker to land without Psycho City. You only need legs. one or two guys to... Because Jake Hager, as, as athletic as he is, he... Strikes me as a yeah, fucking Yeah, I, I don't think Fat Face is going to land. Uh, oh. I would like to see him land right on his cheeks. Daddy Magic, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't trust Daddy Magic or Jake Hager to fall with so Grace. So send the other guys that can actually land it. They could have climbed down if they really wanted oh, to help Either way, they get fucking brought down. Stupid and shit. Yeah, Angelo Parker just slides right through with it with ease through one of the fucking bars. And, yeah, that brings out the, the BCC, the Blackpool... Combat Society, Combat Club, whatever the, <laughs> whatever fuck, the fuck they, they are. are. Society Club, whatever. Um, and Ortiz... Society. <laughs> that has a ring to it. Yeah. Ortiz comes out... <laughs> what the, the BCS. <laughs> Mike, Ortiz came out... Leave it to the Puerto Rican dude to come out with his sock with soap in it. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Was he doing? Hey, you know what? It proved to be effective. Cause he did. was swinging that shit Which around should, like he that like that it was shit hurts, bro. Like, dude, imagine getting hit with a fucking bar of soap. He was swinging that shit like Thor had Mjolnir in his hand. All right, and he clubbed Chris Jericho across the face before he ate a fucking suplex through barbed wire table that got a good near fall. So, and, and on the outside, of course, John Moxley one upped fucking Ty Conti. He's like, no, bad I'll show you the world's worst fucking working punches as Jake Hager's blocking them with his fucking forearm and elbow. Which and Jake Hager has this complete fucking quiff outfit on. Yeah, like, did Jake Hager, like, does he dress himself? He came he... out looking like a fucking towel. Tony Khan <laughs> just comes out he's just like, here, wear this, okay. He's like, he just came out looking like a towel. It pattern. just doesn't look like anything Jake Hager would wear. He's wearing like a fucking, like a matching like button-up shirt with the shorts to match exact design it's like that doesn't look like something jake hager would wear he's wearing like some some young buck shit jager, jake hager just reminds jager. me of jager. <laughs> jake hager. Jager. <laughs> so it's just a little, little question we'll get up and then i get it here's the finish right oh this is the best part. sammy guevara comes out after fucking eddie kingston he actually slaps his damn neck crank on the right way with some razor wire yeah it actually this looked is the good. first it's the first time it looked good Sammy Guevara comes out, who's the only guy, which to me, it's like, does anyone realize the one guy that's not in the shark cage right now is Sammy Guevara, or are we just going to ignore that? Okay, we'll just act like everybody's stupid. Cool. So Sammy Guevara comes out, because he was never in the fucking Maybe shark cage. Acting. <laughs> Guevara comes out, super kicks him off of Jericho. Jericho hits a Judas elbow with the help of Sammy Guevara, and he also has barbed wire wrapped around his elbow while he does it, and the spot looks good. Jericho gets the one, two, three. The way Aubrey Edwards as she counts the one, two, three, she puts her arm in the air like, yeah. It's like, fuck, go away. <laughs> she, she's the why and Again, why is Aubrey Edwards refereeing yeah, this fucking match? This is a Bob Wyatt match. You should be in the back. So that wasn't all, though, because we had something completely unnecessary happen afterwards, which is just... <laughs> <laughs> the I don't even know how to begin to explain this. <laughs> this is one of the worst botches in <laughs> AEW history. And that's saying a lot. That's covering a lot of ground, even though it's only been three years. But you got Sammy Guevara holding up Eddie Kingston, all right? Like, he has him by the arms, and Jericho has barbed wire, you know, in his hand. And it's not even clear as to what Jericho's going to do to Eddie Kingston. What are you going to do? Are you going to just, you know, run at him with barbed wire? Like, I don't know. <laughs> so Eddie Kingston low blows Sammy Guevara from you know while he's Sammy Guevara's oh. behind him. 
And Guevara sells the nut shot for about two and a half seconds because Jericho and Kingston, they had a timing issue. I don't know. I, it's, it's impossible Somebody to tell. Somebody fell asleep on this. Yeah. I, it, you and I rewound this like 30 fucking times. Because Kingston ducks, but Jericho looks like he's going to sell a gut shot. But then Kingston ducks behind him. And Jericho... He goes straight to Guevara. Runs who, to Guevara. Who's grab, not selling the nut shot anymore. They grab each other. Like, oh, okay. Well, they realize, like, this is my first. But then Guevara throws a fucking right hand. At Jericho. <laughs> At Jericho. Meanwhile, Eddie Kingston... <laughs> Goes for a backhand. And misses completely. <laughs> While Jericho and Guevara are all like fucking oh. f- like flustered as far like they have no idea what they're doing. Oh, this is the best part of the match. All three of these guys, and this happened after the match. It's almost like I don't know if they were trying to redo the finish. Maybe not. It's impossible to tell what they were trying to do because it just Went Even to the shit. It felt commentary is like, uh, 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 yeah, like fucking what's his name? The jerk off. Fucking Excalibur, who has, uh, you know, he's 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 Usually talking a mile a minute. No, he doesn't shut up. He's at a loss for words. Oh, low blow to Sammy. Oh, uh, he's just like, I don't know what to call this. <laughs> it's like holy oh, fucking hell! What was AEW. that? And then you pointed out like, yo, Jericho. Walks to the apron for Kingston, and Kingston's like, "Yeah, you go out there." Yeah, and and he Kingston throws him in the bed of barbed wire, and Jericho, Jericho is, starts screaming and shaking, and just like he is oh. hating life. I highly doubt this is selling. I'm pretty sure he's like, ah! he is whining like a fucking baby with a shitty diaper. I swear to God, and he's flailing like his his fingers and his hands. It's like shaking, and I'm probably being an asshole by laughing at this, but his pants were ripped open. <laughs> Like Jericho was hating life here, oh, and I've man, seen, I saw nasty. footage of this, like off-air footage of you know him getting help out of the barbed wire, and Jericho was totally not selling that. He was well, that that was like he, legit. You don't need yeah, to he be suffered doing a, this. He suffered a broken nose. He tweeted a picture of his face, a close-up, and he had a broken nose. You don't need to be doing this at your age. <sighs> yeah, what? just what the fuck, man. What was this? That's the only way you can get over an AEW. And, to, and, and the botch to me, you went out of your way for this. You did not need to do this. Yeah. The match was over. Could have just rolled up the ring and left. I guess they wanted to get to him, you know, getting thrown in the bed of barbed wire. The funniest wire, part is that like, Jericho runs uh, into Guevara and they look at each other. Like, they grab each other and look. And shit, get, no, we're on, the wrong, we're on the same team. Then they throw punches at each other. Like, <laughs> Meanwhile, Eddie Kingston misses a backhand with both of them in front of him. And he completely whiffs. This is why I'm kind of nervous to go to a live event. Because I'll bust out laughing and call this shit We're going to get into a fight. Yeah, and their fans are going to be so fucking, like, riled up. And I'm going to be like, all right, time to go to work. <laughs> Brock Lesnar at a fucking AEW event. Brock Lesnar versus Darby Allen. Oh, God. But, yeah, it's just, it's just fucking hilarious for all the wrong reasons, man. And it's just like, you know, you got Eddie Kingston, who's clearly one of your best characters. He's one of the Eddie only guys Kingston. that makes you feel, but you're you're wasting his time with shit. Eddie like Kingston this. is built like a guy who works out hard, but he's like shit. <laughs> as soon as he leaves the gym, he's yeah. straight to the Chinese spot. Every every day his post workout meal is chicken and broccoli, <laughs> <laughs> extra MSG. <laughs> but you know what? Yo. He looks like somebody who could really kick somebody. But he's ass. relatable, and he, he's, he's, you don't got to be super ripped to right. fucking fight, right? He's relatable, and the thing is, you're wasting him on Jericho. Because Jericho sees this, he sees someone that's getting, you know, great reactions. He, he's, he's, he's getting people's attention. And he has to taint it. Jericho's just like, no, wait, let me get my fucking fingerprints on I would have rather seen more of Kingston and Punk. Yeah. Kingston and anyone but Jericho. Jericho just brings everything down, and this is why... he's the second person he's done nothing for. MJF was the first. This is the only thing I watched on AEW this week, because I just... I can't take it without Punk, MJF, and Brian anymore. Because it just turns into the Moxley and Jericho show all over again, and this is what the fuck it was to begin with before. Thumbtacks and 17 guys outside fighting. And you don't even have Kenny Omega there to fucking at least give you good matches. Yeah, AEW's really hurting right now without these guys. Yeah. I just... It's rough. Not to mention, they're not really doing shit with the Ring of Honor, dude. Well, Death Before Dishonor was last night, too. And um, Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, beat Jonathan Gresham He's for the Ring of, of Honor fucking, title. But, like, Cesaro winning the world titles, it's long overdue. Way overdue. Yeah, and rather, I'm glad it was the Ring of Honor I'd much rather have him win with that Ring of Honor title than 
a five foot three, one hundred and sixty pound guy who he did an interview with Tony Giovanni and Tully Blanchett, and he was the smallest guy. He's the wrestler. That's <laughs> yeah. weird to me. Like he might be good in the ring. I haven't checked him out, but like it's just not believable to me. Uh, bro. Apparently, um, earlier today it got out that um, Jonathan Gresham has asked for his release from Ring of Honor and AEW because of the way he's been booked. He's probably gonna go to Impact. There was um, he might. I mean, his wife Jordan Grace works. You know, is I think she's bigger Impact than champion, uh, the Knockouts champion. Um, but apparently, it was rumor that um, you know he was frustrated with the you know lack of communication from Tony Khan. And there was even a rumor going out there saying that he apparently cursed Tony Khan out. I would have loved to see that. Which would be hilarious to see. Like, you know, Tony Khan is Jonathan Gresham and Tony Khan, I feel like, hiding behind Wardlow. Speaking of Tony <laughs> Khan, he had, when Vince retired, he posted some shit. Oh, I'm the longest tenured wrestling CEO. And Taz commented, boom, and a bunch of AEW guys got on. It's like, you guys fucking suck. Like, Tony Khan is a he's a weirdo. Tony man. Khan wishes he was half of the wrestling. Scene I, I, I I don't have time to read all his fucking tweets because and it's didn't, didn't ridiculous. Cesaro say something about how it was weird that Tony Khan hugs his wrestlers like or how we, at least how he hugged him. He, he felt a little. It is weird. weird. Like what? Like, it's not so much the hug; it's the face he makes when he's hugging him. Fifteen years from now, you're gonna find out Tony Khan paid hush money but for hugs. <laughs> He just looks like he's nurturing them when he's hugging them. Like he's hugging a baby. He's trying to burp. Like, 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 like you said, oh, my toys have come to life. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's a creep. Tony Khan is just weird to me out, man. But yeah, Claudio Castagnoli beat Jonathan Gresham, new Ring of Honor world champion. First ever world championship for, for Claudio Castagnoli. And Jonathan Gresham asking for his release. Doesn't like how he's being booked. I feel like they should put so, Ring of Honor on, like, a random night, bro. Like... Put Ring of Honor on a one-hour show on Sunday, like a Sunday Night Heat. Yeah, it's thing. still not clear as to when we're going to see like a weekly show. Like you that got we you can got the Briscoes, watch. and now you got. I still call him Cesaro. I'm sorry, it's hard not to. He's, Cesaro's down there as the world ago. champ. I'd like to see that, even if it's on a Sunday. Put it on for an hour. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll definitely give Ring of or Honor if a you, watch. It, if like, it's, get it's a fucking a streaming service or something because I want to see the Briscoes. I want to see. Yeah, I, uh, I would. What's the, what I, I, honestly, I haven't FTR. been really watching much of WWE weekly TV either because it's no, just, just... I've been busy working a lot. It's just, it's yeah, the SummerSlam card and the buildup has been really lackluster. It's nothing highlights. but It's nothing but fucking Money in the Bank and WrestleMania rematches with three matches we haven't seen but never really asked for to begin with. Yeah, I'm not... I, like, I'm going to watch it because it's... But it's like, I'm not hyped for this SummerSlam like I was last year. I just hope something big happens where, like, all right, at least something happened that's, like, noteworthy. Um, but I can't say I'm really excited for it. It's SummerSlam. I'm going to watch it. I but was I'm hyped not, for like, SummerSlam because Cena was coming back. You also had Edge and Rollins yeah, first time Yeah, and this ever. year you don't have anything like that. Nothing. I'd even close. It's the 10th fucking Brock and Roman match. You know, and it's like I get it. You know, the I mean, I'm hyped plan, for the Riddle match. The initial plan was Rollins. Orton and Roman. We, you know, and that can't happen now because of Orton's back. But, yeah, I just... Weekly wrestling has been really like hard to sit through because while AEW is dealing with their injuries with you know Punk and Brian and Adam Cole and Omega and MJF situation that we know nothing about still, WWE's had Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton out and Kevin Owens just came back for a KO show but we don't know if he's gonna be wrestling. Yeah. So it's yeah injuries kind of hit both companies at a shitty time. Very shitty time. You know Punk wins the title gets hurt, jumps into the crowd, fucking fucks his dickhead. Foot up. You know, Cody's on fire, tears his fucking peck, puts on a classic. <laughs> it's just a weird time. And then, you know, this whole year, man. Danielson gets hurt doing a stupid match he has no business being in. Yeah, this whole year has been very weird it when has. you think about it. Like, I feel like there's been more bad news than good news for some reason. Just strange shit. Like, Stone Cold came back and main evented WrestleMania, but Triple H retired. Undertaker inducted into the hall. Vince McMahon has stepped down now. Like, what the hell is going on? Do you realize We're not even out of the summer yet. Both wrestling CEOs are now named Khan. Oh, yeah. Ten years from now, you're going to find out Nick was a mole for Tony. But Tony <laughs> was a mole for Nick. One or the other. It's going to be like a McMahon-Bischoff meeting on Raw. That type of hug. Yeah, right? Really, the Khans really come creepy. together. Ugh. The creepy Not Khans. ready for that one. Not ready for that one. Yeah, this match was horrendous. This, this whole thing was just... And 
Yeah, SummerSlam. I mean, it provided us a, a, a hilarious botch yeah. that Chris Jericho is going to get upset Summer about. SummerSlam is. I'm, I'm looking forward for the Riddle match with Rollins. That's going to be something to watch. But I'm hoping to see a big return at least. Something. I don't know. Let's see. So, yeah, next week we got a SummerSlam episode. It's going to be, you know, the high and low. Hollow. High low about SummerSlam. And uh, a week after that, episode after that, we wanted to do this one, like, for this episode. But Vince McMahon, you know, retiring is, I'd say that it qualifies. everything. Yeah, it qualifies as pretty big news. So we had to talk about that. And gonna, uh, What are we going to do? Like, we're going to take certain... Like gonna, this year in wrestling. We're going to talk episodes. about the year in 2002. It's been 20 years, and obviously there's been a lot of 20-year anniversaries. We got Rey Mysterio coming up at the Garden with his 20 years in WWE, and that's only 20 in WWE. He's been around a lot, like probably closer to 30, I would think, maybe even more than that. He's He started really young. Uh, but the year 2002 was just incredible because it saw... Uh, you know, faces, top faces from every single generation. You know, they say then, now, forever, together. It's like they had Hogan really? and Flair, all, you know, on the roster. They also had Austin and Rock. And then they also technically had a rookie of Cena and Orton and Brock. And all Batista, at the same time. Chris Benoit, Brad Kurt Angle. Van Damme, it, it's, it's Shawn Michaels. 2002 is, is unlike any other year, like, man. The who's who of wrestling, Booker T., we can keep going. Undertaker. Was there in 2002 and being showcased. Yeah, it was Kane pretty wild. was there. Big Show was there. Not to mention, there's, there's, they're not short on classic matches. Tremendous athletic, technical matches. O2 was like the, the, the technical transition year from Attitude Era to Ruthless Aggression. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that, give you a list, give you a watch along. And we, it might be something we do with, you know, with another uh, few other years that you and I feel were some of the best ones in WWF or just all, all together, not just WWF, or what was going on in WCW, like 97 97, 98, 98, 96 was a big year, you know, with the beginning of NWO and Stone Cold's rise. So, like, it, it might be something we do later on, in the, you know, in the future when there's not what much else to talk WrestleMania, about. WrestleMania, 85? 85. That could be one because WrestleMania... Yeah, so there's a lot of shit, man. You know, we're trying out. But 2002, I felt like, was a perfect way to start because it is, you know, 20 years since. It was a really <coughs> groundbreaking year. And hell, it's the also the year... SummerSlam of all time. It's also the year WWF went to WWE. Yeah, they lost to the Panda Bits. Yeah, so they've been WWE for 20 years. Wow. You know, so I definitely wanted to talk about that. Wow, that, that makes you really think. Hell like, yeah, man. I watched this shit when it was still WWF, so I'm that old. And in our... You know, we're in our thirties. It's been, it's been WWE longer than it's been WWF in our lifetime, and yet we still call it WWF sometimes. Still feels right. But yeah, guys, that's just what to look forward to in the next couple of weeks: SummerSlam High and Low episode, and an episode dedicated to the year of two thousand two. And we'll dive into what we're talking about. But if you don't follow us already on Instagram, be sure to at the underscore wrestling underscore high. But until then, for Mikey Bravo. Lex James, we'll see you next week for SummerSlam. It dawned on me in that moment, there could only be one reason why she would do all those things and say all those things. And it's simply because she loves me. What? She loves him? That's some tough love. There can it? be no other reason. And Linda, I love you too. And I'm about to tell you just how much I love you. You see, because Linda, I know that you've been clamoring, almost figuratively begging for my attention, my adoration. And Linda, upon reflection, I'm gonna give you exactly what you want. Because from this moment on, Linda, your life is going to change for the better, and so is mine. Because from now on, no matter how much attention you want, you're going to get it from me. What? No matter how much love, no matter what kind of love, whether or not it's tenderly touching, whether it's rough or ready, it doesn't matter to me, Linda. Rough or ready? No. You're going to get all the love you can handle, and then some. What about the business, Vince? What? The WWF!
Charles Linda. Something else has dawned on me, and that is I have a hunch that not only do you want the adoration, not only do you want my love and affection, but you want the fruits of my love and affection. I have a hunch, Linda, that what you want is another baby. Another baby? And Linda, if you want another baby, I'm your genetic jackhammer. What? Oh my gosh, another little Sanders Stephanie running around? Genetic jackhammer? Linda, daddy's coming home. Oh, oh, the jackhammer!